Hey, awesome. Somebody paid the bill. Um, praise the Lord. We do this live, people. It's live. We don't tape this, okay? Hey, man, it's awesome. Man, wasn't that a good story from Suzanne? I mean, were you awake? Were you awake? I don't, I don't think that you were awake. Um, I think that was a sympathy clap is what I think. I, and you didn't give me anything there, all right? I, look at the person next to you. Say, are you awake? Look at the person next Are you awake? Now look back at the person that said that to you. Say, no, not really, okay? And then, and then slap them back. Just slap them, okay? That's what you need to do right now. Just punch your neighbor. Uh, some of you really got into that, which is good. We're doing a series on marriage because of that. All right? But hey, man, now listen, that shoebox, I mean, just a couple of minutes, you, you and your family put that together. Um, and, and what that does is it goes around the world to people, right? Did you know that there is a world outside of your world? Did you know that? Some of you are like, I didn't know there was anything beyond Facebook. I promise it's an amazing thing other than what your little world is talking about on Facebook. There is an entire world with a need, and I just love that story of how Suzanne put that together. It went out, and then they connected through a Facebook message, and now they've got a relationship, and it all started with that shoebox. I'm telling you, God can use that if you would let him. And so, man, go out there. There's tons of boxes, man. Jump on board uh, with that and, uh, and watch what God does. Hey, today we are uh, today we're in part two of our series called Dirty Laundry, and uh, it's going to be a, a big day. We're going to uh, try to have uh, some fun. We're talking about sex. That's what I thought. All right. Listen, nobody made anything, but on the inside, most men went, yes! This is your day, men. Get ready. All right, let's pray. God, I pray you'd wake us up. I pray you'd get us ready because, God, you did not bring us here to sing some songs and to hear me talk and then go home or go to a restaurant or go watch football. God, you've got something for us today. And so, Father, I pray that right now, any distraction, God, get it out. Anything that's on our minds right now that we're thinking about, God, take it away. And, and God, I pray that you would just help us to see you and to hear from you right now. God, that you would have your way in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Amen. Well, we are talking about sex today in part two of our series called Dirty Laundry, and maybe you're thinking, why? Why in the world are we going to talk about sex? I mean, I mean, can you even, should you even talk about that in church? That's maybe what you're thinking. And, um, and, and here's the deal. I, I said this last week, and I want to say it again. Uh, I, here's why we're talking about this today. Not to be controversial or anything like that, but I believe that the church should be the safest place in the world where people can talk about real issues that they're talking about and facing on a daily basis. I believe that. I believe that the church should be the safest place to talk about what, to be honest, some of you are talking about every single day. You have friends that are thinking about these things, relationship issues, marriage issues, issues with sex. And listen, it doesn't help anybody when the church is silent, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't help anybody when the church is is silent or when the church just spends its time talking about stuff that nobody's thinking about or dealing with anyway. We're not helping anybody because here's the deal. Most people are talking about relationship issues. I don't know if you've watched a movie in the past 75 years or listened to a song in the past 75 years. A lot of people are thinking about sex. Did you know that? Right? 
I mean, I don't know if you've looked at a magazine cover, but it is all over the place. And, and listen, I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. A lot of times when Christians talk about these things, we don't do a very good job, do we? Right? I mean, a lot of times if you watch the news and you see Christians, or you, you, you hear Christians talk about these kind of things, maybe on the news or in the public spectrum, you know, when it comes to sex especially, I mean, the only thing you hear from Christians a lot of times is yelling at people, right? Y'all going to hell, right? You know when you've taken hell and made it hell, you're on the wrong track. Right? I'm just saying, right? And if we're not yelling at people, if you're not yelling, if we're not yelling at people, here's the message that the church always sends a lot of times when it comes to sex. I'm, I'm, stop me if you've heard this sermon, but this is what I hear a lot of Christians say when it comes to sex, is they say this, listen, sex is dirty, nasty, gross, and perverted. Save it for the person you marry. Right? Right? So I'll tell you exactly why we're going to talk about this today. It's because God talks about this. Did you know that? Did you know that God talks about this issue? God, we're going to see in just a minute, God created sex. And so we are going to talk about it. In fact, because here's here's another thing. I want our church to know what the Bible says about this issue. I want you to know what the Bible says about sex and marriage and relationships because it's all over the news, it's all over the culture, everybody's thinking about it. So I want you to know what God has said. And so maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, Mark, listen, that's great because I don't know. Mark, I'm new to church, somebody invited me, you know, or whatever. I, I don't know what God says about sex. Well, I want to show you very quickly what God says, what the Bible says. And listen, there's all kinds of places I could go, to be honest. I could take you to the book of Genesis. I could take you to the book of Romans. But you know what? In conversations that I've had, I hear all kinds of people say this. Well, you know what? The Bible might say some things about sex, but Jesus never did. You know, you know yeah, Mark, there's probably some verses in Lamentations about sex, and there's verses in Genesis about sex, but Mark, Jesus never talked about marriage and sex, as if that's the trump card. As as if what the Bible says in other places doesn't count, but if Jesus is silent on an issue, then that's the trump card. And listen, maybe you've heard that or you think that, and I'm glad you're here because I want you to know Jesus did talk about sex. Jesus did talk about marriage. In fact, look here on these verses on your outline. It should be on the very next slide. Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 and 5. Jesus is, is asked by some religious leaders. These guys are called the Pharisees. They ask him a question about divorce. And this is what Jesus says. This is Jesus' answer about marriage and sex. Watch what he says. He, that's Jesus, answered, Have you not read that he who created God, that he, God, who created them from the beginning, made them male and female and said, Stop. Jesus is about to quote from Genesis chapter 1. And the reason he's going to quote from Genesis 1 is because Jesus is placing his stamp of approval on what God did back there. Jesus is saying this. Hey, if you want to know what I think about sex, let me just quote you this verse. Hey, 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 you want to know what I think about marriage? Let me quote you this verse from Genesis. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, all through the Bible, that phrase, one flesh, that's sex. So right there, in one fell swoop, Jesus talks about marriage and sex in one verse. And what does Jesus say about marriage and sex? Jesus says that God created marriage to be between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. 
Well, sex. Well, sex. Ha, you're clapping now. This sermon's just getting started. Um, <laughs> I think I'm kidding. What does Jesus say about sex? Well, Jesus said that sex is between a man and a woman, husband and a wife within the context of marriage. Oh, well, we're two adults and we love each other and it's consensual and one day we might get married. Oh, well, pull back a second. Pull back. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says it's between a husband and a wife, man and woman, husband and wife, within the context of marriage. Let me show you another verse, and this is going to be where we're, uh, our real primary focus this morning. Uh, we're going to get there in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open that up. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 13 through 20 is where we're going to be at. If you've got, a, got it on your phone, turn it on, or whatever in your Bible. Hey, listen, if you don't have a Bible, though, at all, uh, right there on that back table in the back of the auditorium, just grab one on your way out, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 20. Let's just read this whole thing. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says this. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside his body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Hey, let's back up and read verse 13 again. Watch this. It should be on the screen here, but watch verse 13. Verse 13 is massive. It is a radical idea. The culture that we live in is saying the exact opposite of verse 13. Watch it. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Listen, Summit, I am telling you that is a game-changing verse right there. The body was not made for sex, was not made for sexual immorality. You were made for God. I'll tell you, that's a, that's a radical idea. Well, you're a preacher. You have to say that. No, no, no. I, I, nothing to do with being a preacher. Because, listen, the world that we live in, the culture that we live in, it is preaching the message. I mean, the world that we live in is driving home this message that all you are, all I am, all we are is our sexuality. All we are is our desires. All we are is the way that we feel. And God is giving us this radical idea. See, for too long, Christians have said the only thing that God says about sex is don't do it. And that's not true. Yeah, God says, stay pure outside of the context of marriage. Save yourself for your spouse. But listen, that's not all the Bible says. The Bible doesn't simply say when it comes to sex, don't do it. Yet, it's that, it says that, but that's not all it says. See, because in the middle of a world that tells you all you are is the way you feel. All you are are your desires. All you are is your sexuality. And here's what happens. Because we hear that message so many times, we begin to define ourselves by those things. We begin to define ourselves by our relationship status or, or our sexuality. So we say, thing, I'm, I'm single, I'm married, 
I'm divorced. And I, talk to, I talk to people all the time. The divorce was years ago, and it still defines who they are today. I'm straight. I'm gay. And this is who I am. This is how I feel. And that will never change. And the culture says, that's all that you are. And I want to just give you an idea today that what God says is better. That the Bible has a better message. In fact, I just want to give you one thought today, one idea that the Bible has a better message than the world is giving us when it comes to this area. And here's all we're going to do today. Here's all we're going to talk about. The Bible has this one idea, this better message, and God wants to say this to all of us this morning. God wants to say to us that you are more You, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to every person in the room, I'm talking to me. God says, you are more. Can we all say that together? Let's all say it out loud. You are more. You're more. In fact, I want us to see four things very quickly. One thing that's true about every single person in the room right now, no matter who you are or what you believe, one thing is true about all of us right now, and three things that I'm praying will be true about all of us before we leave. Just just because God wants to give us this idea that you are more. You're not your sexuality. You're not your desires. You're not your fit. Your relationship status does not define you. You are more. God says four things. First thing that you need to know when God tells you that you are more, first thing you need to know this morning, you should write notes, you should take notes, you should keep track on the app or whatever. You need to know these four things. First thing God says to every person in here is that you are made in the image of God. I am made in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 says this, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God made us in his image. And it doesn't matter if you're black, white, gay, straight, Christian, atheist, Muslim, Jew, or a Jedi, you are made in the image of God. See, i got to keep it light because it's about to get real tense. You know what I'm saying? You're made in the image of God. I, we all are. We're all made in the image of God. And what it means that we're made in the image of God, it doesn't mean that we look like God because, God, because God, the Bible's clear. God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body. He's not five foot nine with brown hair, wears glasses, glasses and extremely handsome. That's me. God's spirit, he doesn't have a body. But what it does mean is that you and I share characteristics with God. Like an, for an example, God is a creator. Some of you like to create things. You like to create music. You like to paint. You like to draw. Some of you like to create spreadsheets. You're just good. You just love to create. Why? Because you were made in the image of your creator. You love things. Why? Because God is love. You have a sense of right and wrong. Why? Because God put that in you. You were made in his image. We share characteristics with God. But see, if there's one that stands out more than anything else, of what it means that we're made in the image of God, it's that you and I are spiritual beings. We, we were made to worship something. And so some people worship God. Some people worship their kids. Some people worship money, and some people worship sex. 
But we were made in God's image to worship something. And so right out of the gate, God is challenging this idea that the culture says to us, hey, all you are is how you feel. All you are is what that person did to you. All you are is the sexual sin in your past. All you are is the sexuality that you have right now that you're defining yourself by. No, God out of the gate in the Bible, man, comes right at that idea and says, Summit, you are more. You are an image bearer of the one true and living God. You are more than what the world says. You are more valuable than what the world says. Listen to me. That means that you are not an accident. Amen? Means that you're not an accident. Means that there isn't a person in this room today who is worthless, who is useless. There isn't a person in this room today who is trash. No, you are made in the image of God. You are valuable. Amen? That's true. That's true. Christians, let's talk. Christians, let's talk a second. Let's talk. Let's, let's have a real moment right here, right now. Christians, here's what this means. What this means is that you and I need to love all people, even people who disagree with us. Amen? Even people who disagree with us about, let's get honest, marriage. All the temperature in the culture right now is so hot and this issue of same-sex marriage since the Supreme Court's legalized same-sex marriage. And li- listen, I, listen, where our church stands, I feel like I've already said it this morning. The Bible says marriage is between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman in the context of marriage. The culture might be going one way, but listen, we just believe that's what God says. We can't budge on that area. But listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. What you and I need to do, our job is to love people regardless of who they are and where they stand. Amen? You got to know that. You got to know that. Well, Mark, if I love people, then they'll think that I'm condoning their sin. No, no, no. We have, love the sinner, hate the sin. You've heard that, right? That is not your job. It's not in the Bible, and it's not your job. God's job is to convict people of their sin. Our job is to love them, period. Now, we will pray that God, that was good. I'd, I'd amen this sermon. I mean, I would amen this sermon. So I love this sermon so far. I'm gonna autograph my Bible when it's done. Some of you look, some of you are asleep. I'm talking about sex, bro. It's awesome. But listen, listen, listen. God's job is to convict. Our job is to love. And we will pray that God gives us an opportunity to share truth with people. But listen, our job is to love people. Gay straight, lesbian, transgender, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. In Jesus, if we're, if we're like Christ, we will love people the way Jesus did. Amen? Because if we only love people who think like we do, act like we do, smell like we do, and talk like, talk like we do, we might be a lot of things, but we are not like Jesus. And that is true that's true heading into this political season, right? Oh, you didn't amen that. That's true in this political season, right? Amen. Amen. If you can't love people who are on the opposite side of the aisle where you are politically, you might be like a lot of people, but you're not like Jesus. You read the story of Jesus, Jesus was always with people who were nothing like him. So we need to love people. Why? Because all people are made in the image of God. 
And then when we meet Jesus, if I give my life to Jesus, then that becomes a game-changing moment, and at least three things become true about me. Not only am I an image-bearer of God, but when I meet Jesus, Paul shows us three other things that we quickly need to see right there in verses 19 and 20 of the passage that we're in. First thing that's true about me, I give my life to Christ. First thing that's true about me, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What that, mean, what that means is this. It means that there is someone inside of me stronger than the desires inside of me. Amen? It means that there is someone inside of me stronger than the desires inside of me. Christian adults, can you stop talking about teenagers in the sense that all they are is a bunch of wild hormones running around and they're going to have sex anyway, they're going to experiment anyway. That's just what teenagers do, not with the Holy Spirit under the hood. No, no. See, we are preaching against that idea. Oh, well, that's all teenagers are. No, they're not. They are more. Amen? You are more. You are, you're getting fired up now. I like it. You are more. Come on, man. You are more. You are, made, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. It means there's power in you to stay faithful to your spouse. It means there's power in you to say no to pornography. Not on your own, but because the Spirit of God is in your life. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Third thing he says is this. I am not my own. I'm not my own. If you wonder where I'm getting these, just look at the, just look at the verses. Verse, uh, verse 19. My body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God. Last part. You are not your own. I am not my own. I am not my desires. I'm not my feelings. I'm not my sexuality. I'm not my relationship status. I belong to Jesus. I am not my own. Listen, when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus didn't save you to get you out of hell and let you live however you wanted to. Jesus didn't save you to get you out of hell so that you can be a little bit more moral than your neighbor. Oh, well, I got saved. I haven't used the F-bomb in 10 years. Way to go, Sparky. Way to go. A couple years ago, my wife and I, we bought our, our first house. And we went to the bank, and I'd never given my autograph as many times as I did that day. And we, I just had, just signing papers, just signing papers, papers, papers. You know what we did after we got done signing all those papers? Stood up, people at the bank shook our hands, and they said, congratulations, Mr. Combs, the house is yours. And they took the keys of the house and dropped them and put them in my hand. Hey, when you gave your life to Jesus, you know what you did? You looked Jesus Christ right in the eye and you said, Jesus, here's my life, you take the keys. I can say it another way. Let me say, let me say it another way. Jesus is Lord. That's what that means. Jesus is not an assistant. He's not your secretary. He's not an advisor. He is Lord. He's Lord of my feelings. He's Lord of my desires. He's Lord of my relationships. Have you given those areas over to Jesus? Have have you just trusted Jesus with your eternity, but not whether or not you can get a date? Have you just trusted Jesus with your eternity, but not sexuality? Jesus, I'm not my own. And the fourth thing he says, fourth thing, last thing this morning, I have been bought with a price. I am bought with a price, verse 20 says, so glorify God in your body. If there is anything that we said this morning that shows that you are more, that you have value, that you have worth, it is the simple statement that 2,000 years ago, the Son of God left heaven, went to a rugged cross on a hill in the city of Jerusalem and died for you. He died for you. He died for you. Jesus died for you. You are bought with a price.
So why would we sell out our lives and settle for some small vision that says all you are is your sexuality, all you are is your feelings, all you are is your relationships? No, man, I am done thinking that way. I am done living that way. I am more. I am an image bearer of God. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am bought with a price. I am what? More. I'm more. Let me me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. We're almost done. Did you hear last month, I think it was in the month of September, the month of September, did you hear about the, you know, the website Ashley Madison? Did you hear about that scandal that broke last month? Ashley Madison, if you don't know what Ashley Madison is, Ashley Madison is a website where you can go there, men and women could have, I guess it's still around, I have no idea if it's around now or not, but you can go there and anonymously set up an affair. Okay, You can go there and you can anonymously set up an affair. Well, what happened is in the month of September, there was a leak on Ashley Madison's database and all kinds of users uh, that used Ashley Madison, their names were leaked. Their info was leaked, address, all kinds of personal, all kinds of private info from Ashley Madison. People who went to this website to privately set up an affair, their names were leaked. And you know whose names were on that list? Hundreds of pastors. And hundreds of Christian leaders. This is not, this is not like something that, we've, that I've made up, and this is not like a puffed-up sermon illustration. In the month of September, just last month, just a few weeks ago, it's November now, it's two months ago. In the month of September, on one Sunday, According to, and this is just from the, this is just from the data that's, this is just from what's been reported. We don't know what's been, what hasn't been reported. But according to denominational offices and, and networks and, and church groups, when that info leaked and hundreds of pastors' names were on that, there was one Sunday in the month of September where in the United States of America, this really happened, 400 pastors resigned in one day because they were caught up in the Ashley Madison scandal. 400 in one day. Hey, do you know what the tagline for Ashley Madison was? Anybody know? It said this, life is short, have an affair. You know what? They are half right. They're half right. Life is short, isn't it? Life is real short. You might get 50 years, you might get, hey, I'll give you something. You might get 100 years, and eternity is longer. So they're half right. Life is short, but the conclusion you should make when you realize life is short, you shouldn't, oh, life is short, I'm gonna have an affair. I'm gonna give in to this sexuality thing that I've, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna let my feelings drive me. No, life is short, And I am made in the image of God, and I am not my own, and I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I will glorify God in my body. That's what he says. And that is a radical idea. Why? Because you are more. Man, this was a hard sermon to preach. It's probably hard to listen to. But I want to say something really quickly. As the band comes, you guys can come back up on stage and grab your stuff, begin to play. I want to say something to the person 
wait a minute. I'm going to wait a minute. I talk to people all the time about this stuff. I want to say something to the person that heard this entire sermon. And somebody did something to you at one time in your life. You were molested. You were raped. Somebody did something to you. And they told you or other people told you or you started to tell you that you did something to deserve it. That you did something to bring it on yourself. That that you did something to deserve it. And what I want to say to you this morning is that you are more. Because, because at the cross, not only does Jesus forgive you for your sin, Jesus cleanses you from the sins that other people committed against you. So in Jesus Christ, you are washed this morning. You are clean this morning. And you've been carrying that around. But in Christ, you are clean. I, I want to say something to the person who heard this entire sermon and has felt guilty. Because you know you've made some decisions in this thing that you wish you could turn back. And you've got secret sin in your life. You've got some sexual things in your past that you hope that nobody ever finds out. You just felt guilty this whole morning. You, you wish you could go back and do the whole thing over again. And you've just felt bad because of decisions that you've made in your past. You hope nobody knows. I want to say to you this morning, God knows all of it. And you are totally loved by him. You are totally, radically loved by God this morning. And if you come to him this morning for the first time, or if you come to him maybe for the first time just about that specific sin, that specific stuff in your past, your life, listen, you're not going to find condemnation, man. You're going to find grace, love, mercy, and forgiveness. That's what you're going to find. I want to say something to the person that struggles with sexual sin. I want to say something to the guy, the girl, the girls, because this isn't just a man issue. I talk to a lot of women. Talk to, I've counseled women who struggle with it. I want to say something to the person that's caught up in sexual sin, and you can't look at another person without making them an object in your mind. I want to say to the person that's addicted to sex. I want to say to the person that's addicted to pornography. And you've come to believe, you know what? I'm never going to beat this. I'll live with this for the rest of my life. I came to Summit today to tell you, you are more. And in Christ, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And beginning today, you can experience victory. And I want to say to the person that's sitting here, maybe listening to the podcast, and you've just begun to define your existence by how you feel sexually. I just feel this way, so it's true. I'm always, I'm always going to be like this. I'm always going to be this way. Mark, it feels Right, and I want to say to you this, I know it does. I know it feels right. See, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? It's a, rhetor- it's, it's a que- question meant to say this. Who can know my heart? Nobody. My heart is so sinful and deceitful, only Jesus Christ can know. Only God can know it. True about my heart, true about your heart. So I know it feels right. I know God says one thing and you're feeling something else. This affair feels right. This text message feels right. I know it feels right. 
And the reason it feels right is because something's broken inside of us. Our hearts are because of sin. And what that, what that does to, to the human heart is it breaks the human heart, takes me in a different direction than God wants to take me so that I can justify and things can feel right that God says, do not go there. See, when God tells us to hit the brakes and we hit the gas, things get out of control real fast. If you, if you, if you want to believe that's true, just look at where the culture is sexually. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking this, Mark, listen, are you telling me, are you telling people that they need to stay sexually pure until they get married? There's no way that's true. There's no way that can happen. The only reason you think that is because essentially you think that you and every human being is a pile of hormones driven by their desires, basically an animal. And I want you to know you are more. You are more today. Maybe you've been sexually pure your whole life. And you went to church, and you believe God's real, you know all the answers, but you're not saved. Or maybe you're here and you've got a sexual past, and you're not saved. And you guys look different on the outside, but on the inside, you're coming to the same conclusion today. Mark, I need Jesus. I need Jesus Christ to save me. I need Jesus Christ to wash me clean. I need Jesus Christ to make me new. I want you to know this moment is for you. This moment. Is for you, for you to cry out to God and ask God to forgive you for your sins, come into your life and save you. He will do that today. Summit, let's pray. Father God, we just come to you in the strong name of Jesus right now, in this moment, and ask that you have your way. Have your way in this place, God. This is a sensitive topic. This is a hard topic to talk about, but we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about this stuff. God, I pray that right now in this room there is a sense of grace and mercy and freedom for people in their life. I pray that the Holy Spirit is speaking to people. He's speaking hope. He's speaking second chance. Speaking life in people's lives today. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I'm gonna let you get as specific as you want to with God. This is a moment between you and God, not me and you. This is a moment between you and God. But how many of you, just with, in a moment of honesty, would just raise your hand and say, Mark, this is for me today. God spoke to me. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand if that's you. Mark, God spoke to me today. This was for me. Raise your hand right now. There's a hand right here. There's another hand. There's a hand. There's a hand right over here up front. There goes another hand. Anybody else? Shoot your hand up high. There's a hand in the back right there. Other hands. Say, this was for me. God spoke to me today. Would you pray for me? Just put your hand up. I'm not going to ask you to come up front or do anything embarrass you. Hands are going up all over this room. God bless you. God, God, I just pray for these hands that are high in the air right now, Father. I pray, I pray, Jesus, that they would know that they are more. They are made in your image. They are, God, if they are in Christ, they've got a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of them. You're their Lord, and they are not their own. They've been bought with a price. Now, maybe you're here today, and you know you need Jesus. You know you need to be saved today. Hey, listen, today... That's the reason God brought you to church. Because today you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. If today you want to be saved, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to know the hope of heaven for eternity, you want to know the hope of eternal life right now, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer. I just invite you to pray this prayer silently right there where you're at. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you. I'm turning over the keys to you today. I want you to be my Lord. Thank you for saving me. 
Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. No one is looking around. Nobody moved. Did you just pray that prayer? If you just asked Jesus Christ to save you, I'm gonna count to three, and as soon as I say three, will you just raise your hand so I can celebrate with you? One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you wanna surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You want him to be your Lord. You want him to be your Savior. You wanna give him the keys of your life. Just raise your hand right now so I can pray for you. There's two hands right over there. Anybody else? Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. Hey, if you've got your hands raised, would you look at me? Just put your hands down look at me. In just a moment, we're gonna receive our offering. And when you walked in today, you got a connection card on the back. Keep the lights down, please. Keep the lights down. In just a moment, we're going to receive our offering. And when you, got, when you walked in today, you got what we call a connection card. That connection card on the back of it, there's a place where you can check the box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box and drop it in the offering plate as it goes around. Our ushers can get up and they can get ready to receive our offering. So guys, you can go ahead and get in the places you need to. And listen, just in this moment of response, how can we pray for you? Put that on the back of your connection card. This is a sensitive topic. Put down on the back of your connection card what God spoke into your life today. And in just a moment, when you give, when you give, drop that card in the offering plate. We can pray for you this week. Everybody just look at me just for a moment. Let's all... I just let me get your attention really quickly. Man, this has been a sensitive topic. Amen. I mean, God is just moving in the room. And here's what I want to say. Our band is going to lead us in a song, and we're going to worship God this morning as we receive our offering. Let me say this. If you're here for the first or second time today, man, I would love to connect with you after church. That connection card that I just mentioned on the front, there's a space. You, there's a box. Check that box. It says, I'm a first-time guest. I'm a second-time guest. Take it to the table out there in the lobby to your right. We've got a free gift for all of our first, second-time guests today. But listen, if we can pray for you, drop that card in the offering place that goes around. Let us know how we can pray for you. If you want to get baptized, you want to volunteer, God's laid something on your heart you need to do, or you just want to let something out, put it on the back of that card. But if you gave your life to Jesus Christ today, please don't leave until you let somebody know the decision that you made. Church, let's all stand together this morning. Let's all stand We're going to worship God. And and then after this song, Ricky's going to dismiss us. Father, I thank you for what people are about to give. God, I thank you for what you've done in this time today. Father, it's just been a sensitive topic. So many hands have went up. say, 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 God, you spoke to me today. You're moving today. God, I pray that what we talk about today, it would ring true in our hearts this week and this month and this year for years to come. We are more made in your image, saved sons and daughters of God, bought with a price. Let it change the way we live. God, I pray for the people who've given their life to you today. It's awesome to see people accept you. We celebrate that today. We love you, Jesus. We give in response to who you are. In your name, amen. Summit, let's praise God. Let's, let's celebrate the people that gave their life to Jesus today. Amen? That is awesome. And listen. You give today as God leads you to give. Our band's going to lead us in one last song of worship. Let's worship God this morning in singing and giving. Let's worship.
Amen. It's been a great day in the house of the Lord. Amen. Oh, it's been great. Come back at the next appointed time. God bless you all.